G'day everyone, welcome to Men Talking Over Beer. I'm Carson, your host, and today I'm joined by Eddie. Eddie, how are you? Good. How you going, man? Doing well, Graham. Hi there. I've never been better. Good to see. Sydney. Carson, je Who? I don't speak French, but uh, <laughs> okay. Was that kiss my ass? No, I could say that too, though. But we are the men talking over beer. We're here today. We're discussing girlfriends, love, education of the girlfriends for them and us. Sydney, you want to continue at all? Yeah. Uh, thank you, Carson. So all <laughs> of us here have been with our Mary Ann's for quite a number of years. But what happened before our Mary Ann's? Well, what's actually made us think about this is we actually have one of our members of our team who's actually talking from their car. And it made us think, what happened about our exes? What did they teach us? The good, the bad, what help, What did that mean to help us, to shape us to the person we are today? And I can't keep a straight face watching the expression on his face as he's looking at me from his car. So, Moses, what did you learn from your exes that shaped the person you are today that's helped you to choose the Marianne that you're with? Uh, such a complex question. I, I agree. I'm, Could you break it down in small parts for me? I'm thinking of all the moments of... Um, I don't know, just how many times the car has become a substitute. Before I owned a house, um, it was the car. So anything that happened was the car. I'd go to a friend's house. I'd I'd go out with the girlfriends. It became like a a little bubble of fun, of safety, of excitement, of pleasure, of... It it really was, I don't know, the go-to place like it is now. It's, it's become my go-to place again for a whole bunch of different reasons. Well, I suspect this is your hideaway place right now. This no, is don't tell a anybody. variation of the doghouse. <laughs> That's all right. That's it's quite interesting, Moses, that when when Sydney asks about ex-girlfriends, you think of a car. <laughs> I do. I do. The banana in the tailpipe has a whole different meaning. <laughs> <laughs> It just, it also reminds me of some of the parties we went to. A couple of the yeah. parties we had in Concord. Do you remember that oh, huge, yes. massive one? Oh, where a few of them. Wh- which was, time? Uh, I can't even remember which time. They just sort of blurred into one. But uh, do you remember the way we had the barbecue, Eddie, and we handed out invitations to the party at the barbecue at, at the university? Yes. And <laughs> yeah. 150 people turned up. Yeah, it was a big So one. we've rocked up and you know we we're in this we're in this house and all these people have rocked up and they're all the beautiful people cheers and and there were girls everywhere there were guys everywhere and halfway through one of those parties I end up in, in a car with um with this girl. We weren't doing anything, we were chatting. And all she wanted to do was talk about her ex-boyfriend. And mm-hmm. I was just talking about my ex-girlfriend. And you thought something could have happened with two people who obviously had emotional luggage. Well, no. Nothing, nothing happened. happened. We just went Quite back to civilized. the party. It was a bit of an anticlimax. So you killed it by talking about your ex-girlfriend. Oh, I could tell you. Uh, no, I can't tell you. No. Of course you can. No one listens I to I can't. <laughs> I know no one. I just can't tell you. It's just no. Do you know? Do you know no. There's no. another topic. What can't you tell people? Uh-huh. Tell us what it is. You can't tell people. 
Most of the time, no, this is a funny topic. I mean, I could put to mind like two exes that have had like an impact on my life. One of them's no longer with us. And oh. there's obviously another another one who I was engaged to who ended up being engaged to somebody else about six months later. Wow. And they had the particular impacts in my life. Come on, where's the cheese? Where's the sauce? Come on, uh, oh, lots of things are happening, Hart. Moses, this is why we started to go to yourself. We're oh, waiting for your my kids were being cons- rather diplomatic here. I think three kids of mine were conceived in cars. He never said his current kids were born in there. <laughs> oh. Oh, struck a nerve here. Oh. The one thing that wasn't mentioned in the car bubble is the fact that every one of us in the car bubble is superhuman. We sing well. We talk back to we do, Jones we? like kings. You we are drive driving like around machines. like a king, aren't you? You really are. You're in your little castle and no one's going to stop me from singing, yelling, abusing, farting, burping. So my how car. is that different from you not being in your car bubble? Not much. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Since we got your attention, are there exes the that, you, that have taught you things about life? I think they teach you to trust your instincts, both to get with them when it ends. They also teach you that there's another girl around the corner. That corner might be a long, long way away, but there's another girl around the corner. There's one thing that they didn't do, and that's teach us enough, because we all went and got married. Oh, there's one way of looking at it, but um, was this a process of then um, we've had one girlfriend, we've had another girlfriend, and then we're starting to get a much clearer idea of what we want from life? I think it becomes a matter of we run out of stuff for them to take. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you saying? By the stage we get married, we don't have any heart anymore. We've lost most of our mind. No heart. We're just, no we're just, soul, we're no just there for the pickings, you know. Our Hopefully CD to... collection is terrible. Yeah. Oh, well. There's just fewer fish in the pond. Is that what we're saying? We better get in before all the fish are gone. I was ready to go to a space that I wasn't ready for before even though the girl has turned up at this odd timing when I wasn't ready for a girlfriend and the girlfriend's come along and I've sort of engaged or I don't know what the hell I've done with them but then had to say you know what thanks but no thanks because I wasn't ready the idea the idea that you know we're going to be ready for a career or a girlfriend when they turn up, look, it's just not true. I could have married five girls if I really wanted, not at the same time, but five of my ex-girlfriends were all oh, what beautiful, a, what a horrible, wonderful thing. girls. All of them were just wonderful people, and but I wasn't ready. And in some cases, they weren't ready. So it, a lot of it was timing or maturity or I don't know what it was, but I just wasn't. It wasn't the chemistry wasn't there, the finances, the, mm-hmm. the the feng shui. How's that? Feng shui of relationships. It just it's just gotta feel balanced right. And even if it's wrong later, when you're in that space, I find that uh, that's the decision I still would have made. So with my wife, I, I think now, oh man, how many ways can I kill this young lady? But if I get back to the wedding day and I say, would I have made a different decision in that moment? Look, I can I tell you, I, I just wouldn't. Probably not. It was yeah. the 
decision, the right time. Everything fell and into place. It sort of fell into place. But when you learn and you grow into the relationship further on, you actually, or I, I know I have, I've learned areas where I've drawn closer, but also these unexpected areas of where I've drawn away from her. And yeah. she's drawn away from me in some areas as well, too. So closer in some, further in others. I've got to say, they, they've caught me by surprise. And I think it's taken me 10 years to sort of work out who she was. Yeah. And I still think she's looking at me going, why the fuck did I marry this freak? Now, that's still a process that's going on. It's... I've got to say, I'm surprised. I'm very much surprised. I thought I'd learned more before I got married. Yeah, um, look, there's, there's no... I ended up learning after. Yeah, there's no instruction manual. It's like it's like marriage, kids, everything. There's no instruction manual. You enter into yeah. it and you take it day by day. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Cliff Young. Just putt along. You'll be right. <laughs> ultra marathon. Potato <laughs> so I'd like to pose a question for everyone. Mm-hmm. We, we we ask ourselves, would we make the same decision again? Oh. Let, let's pretend that we decided we wanted to get rid of the wife. Could we? Would we be strong enough to do it on our wedding day? Would you be strong mm. enough to stand up there and go, I don't? Yeah, I don't think so. No way, I don't no think way I could. No. Nah. I don't even know how you get to the wedding day and then on that day you figure it out. Like, hmm, who does that, really? I, th- I think it's a hypothetical that I didn't contemplate and still can't contemplate because there has to be such a strong alternative and play to put there and there wasn't a strong alternative. I mean, that's what was certainly going through my mind at the time. I think the strong alternative is marriage. Yeah, but it's marriage or not marriage. And, you know, you've got, you reach that point in your life when you're just thinking, this is probably the best call for me right now. And it's a bit like most of us saying, things just start to fall into place. Carson, are you going to answer that question? Your own question? It's a good question, but. Yeah, that's a valid call. No, no, that's my answer. No, I would not have been strong enough to say no. No, definitely no. not. I couldn't do it. You know, I can't help thinking there's something that Graham said a couple of podcasts ago that I thought resonated with me. It's like sometimes when you get married and then you live with people, you, you're starting to actually learn so much more about them. Mm. And sometimes it's a case of like you go through these periods of like, who is this stranger? I haven't seen this side of them. But, I mean, it's that constant kind of reveal like you're seeing new parts of their personality and they're seeing things of you and it's like, it's a little bit like at times we go through that. Who is this stranger? We've never seen mm. that before. I think yeah. you're right, Cindy, and especially recently, at least for me, being at home pretty much 24-7 for the last eight weeks, I'm often just sitting there and I was thinking, who are these people? Because I haven't been spending this much, this amount of time with them and my whole world's changed from what I've been so used to for the last 10-plus years. And I was really sitting there going, who are these people? I didn't know I knew... I know more about them just in the last eight weeks than I did before because I'm seeing different parts of their lives and how they, they do things at times when I'm normally not there. It's been really interesting. I, I agree with Graham. I went two years or two years ago when, she, when Marianne changed jobs. I've gone from having her away two or three days a week, 10 hours on the road, to being breakfast and dinner at home. and It changes the entire dynamic and you'll learn 
you, you've got to adjust. You've got to learn how to do it, how not to do it. Got to communicate again. Do any of you guys think, like, for me, the first probably five or six years of, of our marriage was a real... I felt like she was just trying to change me into what she wanted me to be. And it took her about six years to figure out it's not going to work. And, and since <laughs> since we figured that out, um, things have been a lot smoother. Yeah. Oh, good. Graham, I good. think that's a very universal thing you're uh, saying. No, I hope so. I, I hope I'm not the only one. Oh, uh, I, I think, you know, with all those three or four people listening out there, they would agree with you. Excellent. Well, if You've I, got if to I admit, Graham, my you, job's done. You were a pile of turd before she met you, though, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was, I was, I was a mess. <laughs> That's deeply unfair, Eddie. I don't but honestly, I think don't say it. <laughs> no, if you look at all of us, I think we are all better for the experience. I don't know, Eddie. I think your halo has still been the same from before you got married to now. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, the, the other three of you, forget it. You, you learn things. They teach you things that you you pick up and run with in life, like how to manage money and how to do stuff that I could never do before. It was just, oh yeah, I was an absolute piece of shit before and now. And um, now I used to live paycheck to paycheck for years, mm. and then and now I, I haven't even worried about a bill since we got married. They. There's always enough money there. Just no matter Carson, what. Just jump enough. in. Men talking over beer at Gmail. What do you think? Tell us about your relationship. Tell us about your Mary Ann. Tell oh, us what makes you tick. Men talking over beer at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Be bold. Be brave. Be stupid. How fast was it before she started change, you know, that effort to change you? You said for the first five, six years. Did it start before the wedding or did it oh, start after the wedding? Without doubt. Yeah, uh, before it, before it, but by the same token, I was changing her as well. She was vegetarian when I met her. Within now six months, she was eating a cheeseburger. No. Oh, well, she's <laughs> not very Jewish, is she? That's <laughs> not having meat and dairy at the same meal. Shame, Carson. Carson, you, you didn't live together at all before you got married, did you? Yeah, no, we did. We were living together within six months of being together. Oh, so you did have a um, see, see what a great friend I am. I didn't even know that. Um, so yeah, carnal I, knowledge. I, I will just she got say, to know you. You, oh, you yeah. lived with us for three months. Oh, weren't you married at that stage? <laughs> no. Oh, I only came home when I wasn't at the pub. What I'm thinking is like you, you had time to develop your relationship in that way. Like she knew how pathetic you were before you got married. Like mine <laughs> mine didn't find out until we got married. I'll, I'll tell you a story. Says the guy in the car. I'm not pathetic. I, I'm I'm still hiding. Yeah, go and tell us a story. Oh, I love being about- the host of this and now standing back and just seeing where it's going. So I thought I'd have to prompt anything. Keep going. Hurry up, Carson. Tell eight, us this story weeks, quick. I've got to get a bit. Eight weeks into our relationship, I had a mental, huge mental down. And she's come home. I'd locked myself in our apartment and I was in the closet, not gay, but nothing, there's anything wrong with that. Um, but I was mentally in the closet, in the dark, having a breakdown. She saw me at my worst at that moment. Nothing I could do, theoretically, will be as low as what I was at that moment for her to see it. That was me. Eight weeks into the relationship. Eight weeks. And she didn't run. She bolted. 
Gmail. She came back. <laughs> Best way to talk to us is through our Gmail, mentalkingoverbeer at gmail.com. Or if you try this at mentalkingoverbeer, because Eddie, you'll find us where with that one. That's our Facebook page where you can jump on and drop us a Facebook message and we'll get back to you as soon as is humanly possible. And please try to increase our patronage by at least 100% by actually adding your name to it. That would definitely help out. But it's very, very interesting. We started talking about exes and all of us immediately had to move to the present. Woo-hoo. We promise if you do send an email, we'll get back to you pretty quickly because there's not much of a queue at the moment. I'll even include a naked photo. Or a Carson Cod piece. We got plenty in stock. <laughs> they haven't been a big seller, have no, they? No, no. Not a signature, it's a stain. <laughs> Only one previous user. Couldn't you do like a lipstick thing on it where you've kissed it? <laughs> oh, on the, on the cod piece. It's the Rolling Stones. He was in the closet. <laughs> Look, I, I've got to tell you, boys, when they did a survey of the most promiscuous people in the world, Guess who came on top? That was the boom, boom moment too, by the way. Guess who came? (laughs) New Zealand. Really? They actually counted how many ex-partners they had, sexual partners. And in New Zealand, the girls had, and I must have a lot of daddy issues going on over there, 32 sexual partners. How many were outside of the family? I don't know. 31. 32. 32. I don't just think I've even fantasised about that. 32. Moses, if you consider the Australian country town kind of vibe, I don't know if you spend any time in a country town where you play sport, you do drugs, you drink a lot of booze, or you do a lot of banging. Is that a personal profile I'm hearing? No, no that, that's a small country town that's growing small up. small country town logic. Now, if you've been to the South Island, it's one gigantic country town. I'm waiting for you to name the other 31. My 31? <laughs> My 31. Well, well if the average is 32 and you're married, there's going to be 31 others. That's another topic, isn't it? When did we start? I love that topic. Yeah. When did we finish? <laughs> when we got married. When we got married, obviously. 